welcome back to the Fancy Six Pack Hour. I'm your host, Joe Bond, uh, content manager here at So Called Fantasy Experts and owner, creator, whatever, over at fantasysixpack.net. Um, as always, you can give us a call and chime in during the show, ask us any questions you have, um, just join in on the conversation and the fun. Uh, my co-host naturally is is late as always, um, but that is okay. We actually have a uh, we're gonna just get started here. I've got a guest uh, on his way, uh, or in, uh, a first time guest, Kevin. And I am sorry if I butcher your last name, Huo Who or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, you there, man? Yeah, hey, Joe. How you doing? Hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> um, Kevin is a, uh, a writer over at FantasySixPack.net. He is currently doing the injury article, and I believe you picked up the start-sit as well? I did. I did it uh, for I think I did it two weeks now. All right, cool deal. Um, yeah. Me. See if I can turn you up here. All right, so I believe AJ is actually here. So let me uh, let me bring him in. AJ, you there? Hello. On time as always. Oh, yeah, and you know, two three minutes late as always. So before <laughs> Kevin, just hang on one second there. We'll get to you in just one second. Uh, AJ, we were uh, horribly wrong on our World Series picks, man. The the Royals. Took him down in five, and uh, well, I don't know I if you can call it dominating fashion, huh? I said I at least had the Royals winning. Oh, did you pick the Royals? Why did I think you picked the Mets like I did? No, because you specifically argued I can't pick the Royals because they beat us in the the series last year, uh, ALCS. Yeah. Uh, I know what I'm talking about. They kept, they were losing, I felt like they were losing every game after eight innings and they just came back and won. The Mets just blew it, man. The Mets should have won that series. They were, in my opinion, they were still a better team. This is a weird series and I couldn't stand watching it. Um, But anyway, so we've got Kevin on board. Uh, Like I said, Kevin, Kevin's doing the, the, the injury article and the start sit article every week over at fantasysixpack.net, and nobody better to bring on than you for the injuries, man. Like what a week we had. Uh, I've never quite seen a week like this. I mean, I've said that before when we've had, you know, two or three major names go down, but my list, my like script for tonight that I wrote down, it's, Nothing but injuries. I basically just left off every other topic because it's going to take a while. Uh, and we can just get started right here. You know, Le'Veon Bell, torn MCL. Um, D'Angelo Williams must pick up, obviously. You know, what, what are you expecting from D'Angelo Williams? I know he did pretty well here uh, in the first two weeks when, when Le'Veon Bell was out. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell out for the year, torn in MCL. Uh, Mike Tomlin has come out and already said that D'Angelo Williams will be the bell cow back. So it looks like he's going to get the, all the workload. They don't really have anyone else in that backfield. I think they have uh, Dre Archer, 
and you know, not really going to get much done. Uh, D'Angelo yeah. Williams has had uh, 5.5 yards per carry in games where he's been the lead back, so weeks one and two, and then the week, the last week when Bell went out. So he doesn't give, and he doesn't give you the receiving upside of Bell, but he's he's as good of a handcuff as you really can get. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think if you've got any Fab left in in your, you know, Fab money, if you're, if you're in that if you're in that type of league, I think you're you're blowing the rest of it on on D'Angelo Williams here. He, I, I think I heard a stat on the way into work today. He was rated. He was the number one fantasy running back after two weeks. Those two first two weeks when Le'Veon Bell was out, he was the number one running back. So right. he can clearly get it done in this offense. So I, I think you, yeah. you've definitely got to go get him. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers have proven that they'll give him the ball. Uh, they gave him uh, three goal line carries in, the, in game two against the Niners, and he scored. Or uh, I guess he scored three times in week two. And uh, I think he's going to be a top 15 to 20 back for the rest of the year. I'd almost venture to say he's going to be a top 10 back. I mean, there's so many running backs that are down now. I mean, what are we talking about here, Darren McFadden? I mean, who cares? Uh, <laughs> I I really kind of think he could be a top 10 back. I don't know if, AJ, you got anything you want to add in here? Yeah, I mean, D'Angelo really, you know, took the reins in, in the those first couple games when Bell was on a suspension and literally ran with it. I mean, he he was like the D'Angelo of old. I mean, he came out and really put on a show, and both both people that owned him in my two leagues still own him. So, yeah. I mean, that, that says a lot for a guy that comes into this and looks like, hey, I'm just going to be this plug-in back for two weeks, you look at it now, and it's like, hey, Carolina, I think you got rid of the wrong running back. So uh, I, I think I'm that sure he's going to – Yeah, it's still it's all right, but, I mean, he is what he is. So, uh, I mean, I, I think uh, with that offense and, and all those solid receivers around him uh, and Big Ben healthy, I think he's definitely a borderline top ten back the rest of the way especially this season where running backs are really at a premium right now. Yeah, it's um it's been an interesting season and like I said this this past week was was a lot worse in fact another running back on the shelf we don't quite know how long yet because of course John Fox doesn't say anything about injuries but uh Matt Forte he injured his MCL. I don't think it's torn or, I mean, I I at least think John Fox would have said it's a torn MCL and he's out for the year. But it doesn't sound like it's torn, so it, he might be able to come back. But he, I'm guessing he's out for a couple of weeks. Um, what, what's, your, uh, what's your take there on, on this one, Kevin? So the Bears have come out and said that uh, the injury doesn't require surgery, so it sounds like it isn't torn. Uh, ESPN's Chris Morton said, Mortensen said that Forte will definitely miss this week and the next, so Jeremy Langford will at least be a plug-and-play for those two weeks. After that, it's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, MCL injuries uh, from what's happened this week, this year, uh, Decker missed a week, Tyron missed three, Mariota missed three, so MCL injuries are kind of tricky. 
But it sounds like Forte will be able to come back late November, early December. Yeah, you you rushing out there to get Langford, or what you looking at here? Um, I would Langford is definitely behind D'Angelo on my waiver wire pickups, but uh, I think he could be a uh, like a low end RB two as long as Forte is out. He has a he has a great matchup against the Chargers this week, who have given up the most fantasy points allowed to running backs. So he's definitely going to be startable this week. I haven't looked at their schedule, but I mean, that, that's right. right. Yeah, just being able to pick up someone who's going to get the majority of the carries and a decent offense is pretty much worth it at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you there 100%. D'Angelo Williams is number one. I think Langford is number two on the waiver wire this week as far as running backs go. Um, Langford's probably not going to be a full-year plug-in, so I, I wouldn't go crazy over it, but and there's a lot of desperate owners out there for that are dying for running back help. So getting anybody for at least a couple of weeks is a huge is a huge boost. Um, and moving on to probably one of the more sad injuries, just because Steve Smith Senior. He's you know he 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 announced his retirement at the end of the, you know and at the end of this this season, beginning of the year. And he tore his Achilles, so he's done for the year, career over. Um, you know, he got carried off the field, towel over his head. You know, emotional game, I'm sure, uh, for him. So that's that's not, um, you know, that's that's not anything you want to see. And it's sad, and it's just really kind of sad to see somebody get knocked out. You know, their last game, they get injured. Um, what, um. Who do you think steps up in his place, though? Well, first, uh, there's been a little speculation that Steve Smith might actually return in 2016. Uh, CBS's uh-huh. Jason Lockenfora, he's actually said that Steve Smith is uh, eyeing a 2016 return. But, I mean, with an Achilles injury, kind of saps your exclusiveness. I doubt he'll be anywhere near the same player. It's kind of just like a Kobe situation where he doesn't want to go out. Yeah, like that. I was just going to say that. Yeah, and then Kobe has not looked good at all this year. No, Kobe looked that's, horrible. That's Kobe, Kobe should have hung up, <laughs> hung up the cleats, or hung up the whatever high tops. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, um, AJ. You, you know, we live we live close to Baltimore. Not that either one of us are real Baltimore Ravens fans, but uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I. What are you thinking here I've, for this? I've loved watching Steve Smith over the years. He's had a, a phenomenal career. Uh, he's one of the toughest players out there, um, you know, in, that I've seen at least in a long time. And he's always willing to, you know, get up after a big hit and just start dishing it back to the, the guy that hit him. You know, unfortunately, this time he, he didn't get right back up. It hurts him it hurts his career obviously as far as this potentially being it you know it sounds like maybe not but uh, you know if I were him I I wouldn't want to go out like this Um, you know he's been the heart and soul of that offense this year because there really hasn't been any other options and and no one's really stepped up after the loss of of Torrey Smith and um, you know who's in my mind a guy who was productive for for Baltimore, but 
he was almost the complete opposite of Smith, whereas it seemed like he was afraid to take a hit. Um, and Smith had no problems getting hit. Um, uh, you know, it, it hurts my fantasy team in, in our league, so you know, I'm upset <laughs> about that. You know, bad enough I lost Jamal. You can't Cole, complain about injuries, Now I me, lose sir. my top receiver, so... You know, and, oh, I, and I didn't even put the voodoo curse on him this time. And it's just like it's backfiring on me. But, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see if, if Aiken can step up and really take the reins here. Um, you know, they got Chris Givens in a trade a couple weeks back. You know, he's getting a little more familiar with the offense. So maybe he's a guy that could be producing. I, I don't know if he's really going to break out, but um, I I don't know. I mean, Baltimore just looks bad this year. Um, so, I mean, this is just another blow to them overall. I hope for Smith's sake he does come back, but... Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it, it'd be fun to see him back. You know, I, I do enjoy watching him. As much of a, you know, kind of a jerk on the field he is, but, like, you, gotta, you love seeing that fire, that passion in people. Like, you know, I, I, I've always I've always liked C. Smith. He's a little guy on the field, and he just, he just always seems to find a way to make a play. I want to know, like, what happened to this rookie that they drafted, this rookie wide receiver? I'm totally blanking on his name. If anybody can help me out here. Yeah, like, he's, what he's happened to him? Uh, so apparently he uh, tweaked his PCL in the preseason. And uh, I don't know, PCLs apparently are supposedly a couple multi-week injury, but he uh, gave it a try before week three and apparently might have re-aggravated it and he just hasn't even practiced since. What? <laughs> Talk about a bust. I mean, geez, this guy was supposed to be awesome. But, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to be whatever. Uh, this would have been a prime spot for him to come back and, and, you know, try and do some good things here, but I guess that's not going to happen. Um, to continue yep. with the receiver, uh, uh, to continue with gonna, the receiver, sorry, go ahead. So I was just going to mention that, uh, uh, Crocky Gilmore, may actually see an increased role with uh, yeah. so many targets missing. Yeah, that's, uh. That's definitely somebody I was actually going to mention him a little later later in our waiver wire ads. So no, that's a, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, I, I did have him down as somebody that's going to see increased targets. Cause I just, I don't really like the rest of the wide receivers on that team. I mean, Kamar Aiken, of course he's going to have value, but you know, you're probably leaving him on your bench in most leagues. Um, but yeah, so moving on, another receiver lost this past week. Uh, Keenan Allen has a lacerated kidney. He had a procedure today to, I don't know, heal it, repair it. I don't know. I don't know what a kidney re- procedure is. But he has been placed on the IR and done for the year. This hurts all around that team. I, you know, he, I know they've got Gates. They've got a lot of weapons on that team. But I think without Keenan Allen, that offense is going to take a huge step back. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I yeah, think they're going to be can't disagree. definitely uh, looking for something there. Although, you know, a couple guys that that they have in, in the, the background there with, you know, Floyd, 
uh, and Johnson, if he's healthy, are are solid options. Um, they're not they're not Allen by any means, but you know I I think they're guys that that are going to get an obvious increase in targets. Philip Rivers isn't going to stop throwing the ball. They have jack squat of a running game there. Although Gordon had a better game than than most of his other games this past week against Baltimore, but again, we've kind of already touched on how bad Baltimore is, so it's not really any kind of uh, ringing endorsement for the running game. So I think that's a that's a big blow because he was just a, a huge cog in that offense. And if Gates can stay healthy, then you know he's going to probably get his targets still, but yeah, I think that's that definitely hurts them. Yeah, uh, I mean, I heard a I read a stat today that after Keenan Allen went down, you know, Michael Floyd was having a pretty good game, but after Keenan Allen went down, Michael Floyd caught one pass. Um, so it's clear that you know, they, Keenan Allen's that true number one, and everybody else is a two or three type of receiver. So it's going to be interesting to see who can who can step in and and take on those, you know, number one corners on everybody's team. I just don't know if they have the guy to do it. I mean, Kevin, do you see anybody on this team that's going to be able to do it? Well, definitely not anyone who will be able to do it like Keenan Allen. But I think Stevie Johnson will definitely get those, those 89 targets that Keenan Allen had. Uh, that's a ridiculous number. I think Michael Floyd. <laughs> I think Michael Floyd is more of the the deep threat, boomer bust kind of guy. So it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to predict what he's going to do every week. I think Stevie will be the guy. I think Antonio Gates, if he's healthy, will continue to just you know build on his bromance with Philip Rivers and uh, maybe Dashell Inman, Inman in uh, deeper leagues might be worth a dart throw, but I doubt it. Yeah, I'm not really I'm not really eyeing him. He's done a whole lot of nothing. Um I, yeah, I, I kinda think they're just gonna run with I kinda think they're gonna run two tight end sets a lot more going forward. And why not? I mean Ladarius Green and Gates are both really so <laughs> there's no reason not to. But I mean, it's definitely gonna hurt Rivers. I I do own him in one league and so it's gonna hurt his passing numbers. You know, you just gotta hope he still passes the ball fifty times a game. Because they'll get even farther behind, but um, yeah, it's 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 a huge blow. You know, it's tough to see injuries like that. It's such a weird one. You know, lacerated kidney. You don't hear that very often. Um, that's a that's a tough one. Um, so those were kind of the you know those were the four big fantasy relevant players. I, I guess I would say. Um, Moving on to some guys that, you know, they're injured. Uh, they might not be, you know, as seriously injured while, or they might not be as big of fantasy players. But Reggie Bush, um, I don't think a lot of people were really even worried about wa- rostering him, although I, I think his ownership spiked over the weekend because of the news of Carlos Hyde being out. But Reggie Bush, he tore his MCL as well, uh, and he's out for the season. So, the 49ers will get to a little bit more of them later. Uh, they had a whole lot of other drama today. 
Um, but they now really don't have a good running back. Um, although they, they did sign Pierre Thomas, but I don't know if you can really rely on Pierre Thomas to do a whole lot of anything. Uh, but Mike Davis broke his hand. He's out. I mean, what's, what's going to happen here? I mean, are you going to rush out and pick up Pierre Thomas? I mean, not unless it's like a super deep PPR league. I can't see any of these guys. If Carlos Hyde's going to get it done, there's no way Sean Drawn, Pierre Thomas, Kendall Gaskins, Derek Haynes, none of them are going to do anything. Yeah, I tend to agree. I'm just I'm staying away from this situation as much as possible. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> the fact that Sean Drawn is even – a topic that's relevant I forgot about him. at this point <laughs> it is funny to me because my teams are so decimated that I was just randomly looking at, at the free agent running backs on the waiver wire to see, Hey, who could, who could potentially get picked up here? And I saw his name. I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that guy from, you know, 15 years ago, it seems like when he was, uh, you know, running around for Cleveland, but, uh, you know, good for him. He he uh, he caught on, and and if he gets into that offense, who knows? I mean, uh, I I don't know. Uh, San Fran is is just an absolute joke of a team right now as it is, and I'm not touching any of their players. You know, I I, I can't see any value really being there with any of these guys. So. Sucks for Reggie Bush. You know, he, he could have potentially had the opportunity to take that over, but, yeah. Yeah, it's still Reggie Bush. I don't think anybody really cares all that much. <laughs> you know, no. You hate to see injuries, but no offense to players going, oh, man, I lost Reggie Bush. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, Damn, man, my 13th round pick is just killing me right yeah. now. Um. So, yeah, another injury, and, and you know, I'll, I'll group these two together here. The whole Jets team seems to be injured. <laughs> um, you know, both, both their quarterbacks, Ryan Fitzpatrick has torn ligaments in his non-throwing hand. Geno Smith injured his shoulder, and Brandon Marshall injured his ankle. That's kind of all I know about the, the injuries. So, Kevin, if you've got some more insight as to detail of these injuries and you know how long they might be out um feel free to to let us know but you know i don't know what's going to happen here with the quarterbacks and then brandon marshall being out is a huge blow to that passing game yeah it sounds like we're not really going to know much about the jets quarterback situation until later in the week but uh for now ryan fitzpatrick uh torn ligaments in his left thumb uh todd bull said he'll need surgery at some point but the uh, so he hasn't been ruled out for week nine. But the Jets have been calling available quarterbacks, so it seems like they expect him to miss some time. Meanwhile, Geno Smith is day to day with a shoulder injury and soreness in his ribs, but he's come out and said he's pretty confident he can play in week nine. So it sounds like to me, Geno is going to be the guy. That's interesting. I kind of I don't know. I'm kind of leaning toward. I think you know if Fitzpatrick can grip the ball on snaps that he will play. Um, and, and I think that's going to be the key thing for him because it is his non-throwing hand. This is me just kind of talking out of my ass here. I don't really know for sure. I'm just, just thinking, you know, it's not your throwing hand. 
as long as you can grip the ball on snaps, you should be fine and you know tolerate some pain. But that's that's a big F, obviously. Right, that's the concern is taking snaps, handing the ball off, protecting the ball. It's uh, it's all kind of pain tolerance. So. Yeah, it's it's a shame because you know the Jets were looking pretty good and. It, you know, it looked like it looked like an offense that you could finally pick up some of these guys and and plug them in every week. I mean, Eric Decker is going to take a huge blow. Brandon Marshall, when he's back and healthy, is going to take a huge blow in fantasy value. Chris Ivory, that whole offense takes a huge dip now that Ryan Fitzpatrick might not be under center, and it's it's a shame. I mean, it's it's like that court, that one injury impacts three other people, and that's that. It's going to affect a lot of fantasy owners out there. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for that injury this week, Fitzpatrick. Really, uh, really mustered up a massive three points for my team beforehand. So appreciate that. The Jets defense getting a negative one from uh, Oakland that also helped. Yeah, that was uh, that was a little surprising. I did not see that coming out of Derek Carr for four touchdowns. Um, I I mean I picked. Oakland to win that game in my pick'em pool, so I was happy that, about that. But I expected much more out of Fitzpatrick and the Jets' defense. I didn't expect him to get that marauded. So, yeah, uh, win some, <laughs> lose some. Yeah, that's that's that was that was a weird one for sure. There was a couple of weird uh, upsets this week. Tampa Bay beating Atlanta as well was kind of a strange one. But moving on, so. Uh, a little, little less fancy relevant player guys here, but I, I know, I know AJ, you actually picked up this guy. I think you picked him up in our league, uh, Kyrie Robinson. Um, yeah. you picked him up like right before the game started or something like that, and and I own him I in my big dynasty league. So I'm I'm glad about that. Yeah, see, I started him in my dynasty league because I have zero running backs. And I was starting Vereen and Kyrie Robinson. I was just hoping for a high-scoring game. And I got one, but <laughs> Kyrie Robinson breaks his leg in the first quarter or something like that, first and second quarter, and I'm out, like, done. I've got no points from him and John Brown, basically, because John Brown was the active-inactive and whatever the hell happens there. And so I got zero points out of two of my guys. I ended up losing my matchup, but enough about me. Kyrie Robinson was looking like he was rounded into a, a good a good player you could play, and especially in PPR leagues, he was taking some carries away from Ingram. Suffered a broken leg. He's obviously out for the year. Um, CJ Spiller gets a lot of value from this. Anybody trusted him, Kevin? Uh, not really. CJ Spiller. <laughs> I, I would expect. Ingram to take Kyrie Robinson's carries, especially the goal line carries. Kyrie Robinson's taken four touchdowns from Ingram this season. Uh, Ingram will probably handle more of those carries while Spiller just, you know, might get a little uptick in work, but it doesn't really seem like the Saints are using him like we all thought they would. I mean, he scored last week, but, I mean, who didn't score for the Saints last week? I mean, Marquise Colson scored last week. You know yeah. you know, it's a bad game for the defense if Marquise Colson scores and goes over 100 yards on you. It's the end of days. Yeah. The apocalypse is nigh. I think Colson is fantasy relevant for a week. 
Yeah, yeah I saw him like just run down the middle of the field all alone. I'm like, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I lost to the guy in our league who had Drew Brees. Go figure. <laughs> As you well, said. Yeah, 40 He was a one-man wrecking crew. He probably put up more fantasy points on his own than the majority of my team. But yeah, Miller had a was... game, so I at least chose the right Saints running back to plug in. I'll, I'll, I'll be happy about that. Now, if he can keep it up, then then that'll be good. But I, I do think he does get a little bit of an uptick. Um, I just don't think that they've gotten him involved enough to be worth a shit. I mean, he's got the talent. He doesn't seem like he's injured or that they're hiding some sort of injury. I just don't think they're giving him the ball for whatever reason. I mean, there's so many mouths to feed there. Drew Brees has kind of always been a, you know, toss it all over the place kind of guy, um, you know, if your name wasn't Jimmy Graham. But uh, it just, uh, I think he's got to, he's got to get more involved in this offense. And now might be the time to do it. Okay, let let Ingram have the running you know, he, he's obviously shown he can handle that load, but great weapon out of the backfield in the passing game. And I think he's got to be gaining a little bit of value in PPR leagues. I would have thought so too, but I heard rumors a few weeks back that he didn't know the playbook, and that's part of the reason why. Uh, I don't know how much merit there is to that rumor, but it's kind of what I heard, and, and it makes sense. I mean, if he's not even getting snaps, then yeah, that does make a whole lot of sense. Uh, so the last couple ones here to finish up here. Uh, Orleans Darkwa, running back for the Giants, um, has a bruised – I believe it got a little more clear as exactly what it was. It, it was just a little bit of a back injury, but I think it's a bruised tailbone. Um. And so he he's day-to-day, week-to-week, I believe. Kevin, I don't know if you got any more info about that one. I think he's day-to-day, practice Wednesday. Okay. So situation to watch, but kind of like AJ and I said last week, I, this is a situation. The, the Giants running back situation is not one I want to go near. Now, of course, I just said I started Shane Vereen this past weekend, but that's how bad my running back situation is in that league. Um yeah, but kind Kareem of had a good game too, so. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I, I just kind of went match up there and, and hopes for the best. That's what I'm that's what I'm doing. I've got a bunch of flex at best running backs and I'm just playing the best matchups, hoping hoping I catch fire and I got one. I feel like I should have had another with Robinson. He was he was playing well up until he got hurt. But yeah, Darkwa, I mean I don't know. Do do you guys think He's worth hanging on to in leagues. I mean, he he had four carries for four yards up until that point. Jennings started the game. You know, I I wasn't really all over Darkwa in the first place. I don't know if anybody, if if Kevin, if you were. I mean, he had one good game, but in the end, the Giants' backfield is a four committee, four person running back by committee. That's, yeah, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, you're basically yeah, saying exactly I, I know what I said last. We week. talked about him last week as the pickup, as did we talk about uh, Kyrie Robinson. 
as our like waiver wire darlings last week, but I I don't know. I wasn't really all that sold on him as it was to begin with either. So I, I don't think he's he's worth keeping at this point, unless there's some sort of major injury on that team. Not that I'm promoting it or wishing it upon them, but I I don't I don't think he's just he's just not going to get enough touches to be fantasy relevant. Right. And if there was an injury, it would have to be the, probably the Jennings. Yes, because Green kind of handles the the passing downs. Williams handles the goal line. Jennings and Darkwood kind of have the same role. So if Jennings gets hurt, then maybe Darkwood can step in. Yeah, I, I agree. If if Jennings is hurt, then then I think Darkwood has a lot of you know. I don't know if you can say a lot of value because Jennings doesn't even have a lot of value, but it has a lot more value, I guess. Um, right. But yeah, it's still it's just a situation I'm staying away from. I, you, know, you said it exactly like I did last week—a four-headed backfield. I've never heard of it, and I never want to hear of it again. Because these two, these these three-headed backfields are hard enough to deal with. Start adding a fourth into the mix. I'm gonna start dumping a running back off my fantasy teams, you know, for the starting lineup, just because it is near impossible to start two running backs in these leagues. You're getting two points from these guys. Yeah. Anyway, and to finish off, you know, this isn't a really this this guy isn't fantasy relevant at all, but you know, he's, I just want to, you know, send our prayers out to Ricardo Lockett. Um pretty bad injury for the Seattle Seahawks on a putt return. He got he got clocked pretty good. Out, stretcher came out. He was immobilized. That's that's a scary scene. You never want to see that. And Des Bryant, you're you're a jackass. Um, I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about, but he like went on a little tirade on the sideline, pointing at Lockett and like that's what you get. Blah blah blah. blah. Like Des Bryant, you're a jackass. Basically, all I can say about that. Um, so. And not much to say here. Just kind of want to say, you know, best wishes to Lockett. You know, you never, you never want to see those kind of injuries, but they do happen in football. It's an unfortunate scene. But, Kevin, I think that's all we've got for you today, man. Uh, I really appreciate you, appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll have to bring you on again. Hopefully next time we don't have 15 injuries to talk about. We just have, you know, <laughs> the normal two or three to chug through here. We can get you to talk about some other things. But yeah, uh but- Aside from Keenan Allen and Steve Smith being the most notable, it seemed like every other play was a whistle for an injury from San Diego in that that game this past week. It, it was absurd. I've never seen that many injuries in one game. That game alone. was brutal. It, it just, ah, man, left and right, people were dropping. Yeah, the whole the weekend was awful. Um, but yeah. Um, Kevin, go ahead and uh, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter and, and things like that, and uh, and then we'll right, uh, we'll let you go. All right, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Kevin H underscore F six P. Write the stardom, situm column, and and the uh, injury outlook column every week on fantasy6pack.net. And uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, thanks for coming on. We'll uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, take it all right man, take it easy. All right, so um, 
Yeah, I want to just get into a couple more things here before we move on uh, to our normal week nine. You know, that we usually have a few more topics, but, you know, just there are some newsworthy things to mention here. And, of course, uh, Vernon Davis being traded to Denver. I think it was just like they traded fifth round picks or something weird like that. Like they basically gave up Vernon Davis. They were like, you can have him, uh, which is kind of a strange move. Not that Vernon Davis had a lot of value, but I don't know. Seemed kind of odd. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, yeah, what do you think about I, this? I actually like this trade um, for for Denver. I mean, they've always kind of been, uh, you know, Peyton Manning in general has always been reliant on his tight ends. He's always had that guy that's kind of been you know, not a, a real sexy name in fantasy sports, you know, with your Dallas Clark and your, your Jacob Tammy, but he's made, he made those guys what they were and they were breakout stars. And you figured, you know, Owen Daniels going to Denver this year to follow Kubiak, you know, wherever he goes, it seems like, um, he, he's a guy who had success you know, earlier in his career, but injuries kind of derailed him a little bit. And I feel like, you know, not the best quarterback play also derailed him a little bit. But he just hasn't really produced in Denver either. So, you know, they they lose Julius Thomas, and then you have the receivers there. But he's just – I don't know if maybe part of that is what's been – you know, ailing Peyton this year too, that he doesn't have that, that stopgap, you know, dump off power tight end. And, you know, this could really rejuvenate Davis's career in my mind. Um, and, you know, I think he's, he's potentially, you know, a, a guy to look at, you know, as, as coming up. Um, but, you know, it remains to be seen, and, and Manning still has to kind of show a little bit more, I feel like. But but I like the trade overall. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, obviously it's a it's a boost for Denver. It's a boost for Peyton Manning. I'm not sure how much of a boost it is. You know, Vernon Davis kind of looks like he's lost a step. Is it because Kaepernick's been bad and the whole 49ers organization is just kind of a train wreck? Maybe, but I don't know. I don't – I think people are going to over, you know, get overexcited about it. And I don't think that that's what they should do. I think, uh, I think that people need to be kind of held in check here and realize that Peyton Manning still just looks like a bad quarterback. I know he had a pretty good game against green Bay, um, but he still didn't throw any touchdowns and he still threw a pick. Yeah. The 300 and almost 50 yards were really nice to see, but, you know, usually when he's those 350 yards, it means he's throwing three, four touchdowns. Um, so I still need to see a little bit more from Peyton Manning before I really can get behind his offense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a boost because their, their tight ends have struggled big time. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens for sure. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting trade. Something everybody's going to keep an eye on. Um, and then speaking of Kaepernick, uh, he was benched today for Blaine Gabbert. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, you know you're not good laugh. when you get benched for Blaine Gabbert. I mean, um, this, this to me really makes me, you know, think that, that Kaepernick needs to be put on suicide watch. Uh, I mean, he, he, uh, he's kind of been not good. And by kind of, I mean, he hasn't been good. So, but yeah, exactly. When you're getting punched out of the starting position for the guy who used to be the starter in Jacksonville, and we all know how bad Jacksonville was, and they've gotten a little better with some of their talent now, but man, that is, wow, that hurts. Uh, yeah, to say the least. Um, that they, They've basically punted the season. They're yeah, they're they're clearly not going to re-sign or you know bring back him. His contract was so favorable for the team that they're just going to say bye bye and wave him at the end of the year. Clearly, I mean, you don't bench a guy for Blaine Gabbert and then bring him back next year and hope for better things. Um, you just basically just lit the yeah you've lit the fuse and you've blown it up at that point. So yeah, I think you're pretty spot on there with with kind of how the things are going to roll. Um, yeah, that's definitely, definitely an interesting one. Um, I just kind of laughed at it. And then the Cowboys, um, a team that rosters Greg Hardy decide to cut Joseph Randall because he is difficult. (laughs) Jerry Jones is on drugs. I don't understand a thing that this man does. Um, how he can defend Greg Hardy and everything that he has done, and nothing has been good except for maybe his play on the field since he has shown up at Dallas. Um, and then he cuts Joseph Randall. Like, yeah, Joseph Randall probably deserved to be cut. But you probably shouldn't have signed Greg Hardy if you're going to go ahead and do something like that later. Um, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but you know, Joseph Randall gone, kind of the fantasy implications of that. Obviously, Rand, uh, McFadden is the guy now if he can stay healthy. But what do you think about Christine Michael? I mean, Christine Michael is obviously going to get – his name's going to get thrown around. Everybody wants to get excited about this guy, but should we? Uh, yeah, I mean, again, with, with as much injury and uh, – depth concerns as there is with running backs this year, deeper leagues. I almost feel like you have to go after Michael, but Dallas just hasn't played well in general without Romo there. I mean, that team just looks completely lost as it is. And maybe the first game or two without Romo was okay um, because they had Randall running and, and, you know, putting up points for them. But, I mean, the team itself has been decimated by injuries everywhere. Um, So, but I I, I like Michael in general. I I think if they give him the ball, 
he could potentially show something. Um, here again, like Spiller, it's a guy that just needs the opportunity and needs the reps to be able to go out and do it. Um, but here again, right now, I mean, that's that's Run DMC's backfield. I mean, he's clearly the guy. Um, so you're you're kind of just picking up Michael as a insurance policy. But if you have the bench space and you need more depth, I don't think it's a bad pickup. Yeah, and I would bet there's a lot of people out there that have some bench space this week. Um, I'm going to be busy tonight setting up all my waiver moves after I, after yeah, the show. I don't, I don't even know. I'm trying to look at some now, and I'm like, I, just there's not a who, whole lot out there. Who becomes my first waiver pick? Because there's about three or four guys that I could easily throw into that spot. But I mean, the the question now though is, what happens to Randall? Where does he go? And what do we even know exactly what this "quote unquote" personal issue is? Uh, I mean, has it even been put out there? Why no, exactly? No, not really. Nobody really not, knows much of anything right now. So it, it is I just mean, a confusing situation altogether. So it, it's, it's yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what what comes out. You know, something's going to leak. Something's going to you know, one of these insiders, NFL insider guys from some site is going to get some information and, and pull it out. And, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll hear something, you know, that's, that's bad or, you know, I, I'd be very surprised if they cut him just because he, he left practice early or whatever that I last thing I heard. Now, that'd be, that'd be a little ridiculous to, to cut somebody for leaving practice early. Um well, yeah, I mean, hell, you got Ryan Mallett out there get cut for missing a team flight. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, I you think know, I think that one missing was missing a kind practice of, or leaving a I practice think that early. One was kind of due at that point. Oh, um, it was. I mean, yeah, he pretty much ran his course there, but but still, I mean, Randall has been a productive back for that team most of this year. Yeah, and to just give up on him like that because of some personal issue, it's very it's very interesting because I want to see how this comes out because you mentioned Greg Hardy and how much of his back that you know Jerry Jones has had um, even after his blowout with Des Bryant on the sidelines and whatever else. First thing Jones does is come out and back the guy um, and say he wants to sign him long term, knowing what his past is. If, and I'm not saying by any means that this is the case with Joseph Randall, but if something comes out that there's, you know, some kind of domestic dispute issue or whatever, it's the biggest hypocritical move Jerry Jones could have done to cut this guy. Um, so it, it, that's what, what piques my interest. I, I want to know why this guy got cut. You know, he could jump on with, with uh, the Giants here and be the new fourth or fifth head of that running back, you know, I don't want to say monster because they're not really monstrous that much on the field. Um, or, or some other team is going to look at him and be like, hey, okay, you were productive, you know, we'll try to figure out what this issue is and they'll get their insiders to talk to Dallas and go from there. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll land somewhere unless it is something, you know, really, really, really bad. So, you know, again, I think I agree with you that it's 
I think we're going to have to wait for some news to come out. But, you know, it's definitely fantasy worthy to note that jo- Joseph Randall is now not on a NFL roster, and so he is definitely cuttable. Um, so moving on to the, the week nine kind of prep that we do every week. A lot of buys this week, man. We got six teams on buy. I don't, I don't, I've never understood why the NFL does this. You know, they've got those weeks where they have two teams on buy, and then they have the weeks where there's six. Why not just make every single week four, get it done in eight weeks, or you know, even do more than that. There, do a bunch of, a bunch of six, you know, I don't know six six teams on bye every week or do a bunch of those eight. Like just get the bye weeks over with. Nobody likes them. Uh I mean obviously the players like them. They get a bye week, but Yeah, but then you have you teams know, like that are that are off on week four, the first possible bye week. And it's like, okay, great, we played three games, you know, we're you're either three and oh, you know, two and one, one and two, or oh and three. So you go into those weeks like, oh, and you've well, really I, got know, I don't really yeah. need a rest yet. So it's like a waste. And then you get burned out towards the end of the season because you plan, you know, eight uh, or 12 games straight. Sorry. So I don't I don't like it. I think, you know, it, it's it should be cut down to, you know, make it something where you have an equal number all the way through. Um, help sit eight teams for four weeks straight in the middle of the season and then just be be done with it. I mean, they won't do it because of TV ratings and and the money involved in it. That's why they need to stretch this out uh, as long as they possibly can. Um, but You'll have to explain that one to me a little bit more. How do you think the stretching out the bikes is better for TV money? I mean, it's still a 17-week season. Correct. I'm saying that if you have something where you're combining and putting, like I just said, eight teams, which probably would never happen, on a bye week for four weeks, that's a lot of out-of-market games that are going to have to be aired in other markets. I don't know. It probably doesn't make sense. I guess. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I think they need to figure out something with this stupid bye week. Because, yeah, I agree with you. Like, the teams that are on bye in week four, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, just not sucks for those teams. They need to do something where they do a lot less bye weeks. You know, just make it so those games are, you know, they're on TV and other places. Big whoop. Who cares? And just, I don't know. I hate it. Um so that said, um, on the good news for injuries, since we had so much bad news, I felt like I had to name mention some good some good news for injuries here. Uh, Marcus Mariota is back this week. It looks like Tyrod Taylor is going to be back this week. Deshaun Jackson's actually going to be back this week. It sounds like that's a miracle. I didn't think he was ever going to play for the Redskins again. Um, and Austin Safarian Jenkins is back. You know these guys are all fantasy relevant. Um, I, I actually really like Marcus Mariota this week going against the Saints. Um, I, I I think you know about a a game back, you know, coming off the injury. I think he could be in for a big game, especially new coach there. Um, that's another piece of news that I didn't mention. Uh, Wisenhunt was was fired. 
you know, you saw how Miami reacted to their coach being fired. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if Tennessee actually puts their all of their young talent on the field at the same time and see what actually happens. Said Wizard Hunt was afraid to do it. You know, he didn't want to play Cobb while Cobb was kind of injured. But, you know, even when he well, had yeah, them Cobb all, he didn't want to play. Are, so. I think Cobb's coming, Cobb's coming back this week. Uh, David Cobb, right? And yeah, uh, I know. I know he was on the IR. Uh, maybe he was on like IR designated to return. I'm not I'm not up on his injury. I'll look real quick. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I have him. You know, expecting to return this week. Um, so it, you know, play Cobb, play Green Beckham, play Mariota, play all these guys all at the same time. You're a terrible football team right now. What do you have to lose? See what you've got. I've never understood why teams don't do that. The NBA teams do it. The NBA yeah, teams, of, uh, when they're Monday, terrible, yeah. they just play all their young guys and see what they've got. You know what you have with, with, you know, obviously you're playing kind of right. You know, he he's good. Um, but you know what you've got in other places with all your veteran talent. Play your young guys. See if they're going to be any good. See if they can spark, you know, light a fire, you know, give a spark to the offense of this team to do anything. Maybe it's a glimmer of hope for the future. But if you don't play these guys, I kind of think their young, their younger talent is going to be better for fantasy than all of their junk, you know, Justin Hunter. Like, who cares? Yeah, I, I think you got to do it. I mean, like you said, what do you have to lose? If anything, you're gaining – future knowledge on what these players can do for you and you got to find that line between benching these guys for three quarters of the season and then putting them in to to give them you know four games to figure out if they're going to work for you you know after you've just drafted them no they need more time than that to to be able to to get in and see what you have um but back to Cobb he is eligible to come off the short-term IR this week. Um, he'll be able to practice in full the coming days, but um, uh, according to Wizenhut, who apparently his opinion doesn't matter anymore because he's not there, <laughs> uh, but he noted today that, that Cobb was a little overweight last week, um, so it's unclear if he'll be... Uh, oh, it's unclear if he'll be able to practice in full in the, this week, so... Um, that's yeah, I mean, I think, you've got some con- I think you've got to, to uh, expect some conditioning for somebody who's coming off, I believe it was a leg injury, wasn't it? Wasn't it some sort of, it was a calf. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, you got to expect some conditioning issues for a guy. Yeah, you don't want to see him coming overweight. Like, hey, you know, put put down the Halloween candy and, and, uh, and try and get some sort of a workout in. But... Yeah, I mean, I still want to see all these guys on the field at the same time and see what they do. But, you know, I, I still think even regardless, you know, without Cobb there, I think Mariota could be in for a pretty a pretty big game. Um, so it would be interesting there. But that's just some good news for the injuries. Um, quick run through. We don't have a whole lot of injury for waiver wire stuff because we touched on so many of them during the injuries. Obviously, we talked about DeAndre Williams, Jeremy Langford, Christine Michael, if he's even out there still. Um, 
Kevin mentioned Kendall Gaskins. He was another guy I was going to mention. But uh, San Francisco starting running back, I guess. If you're really desperate. Uh, another kind of desperate play in running back could be Joyke Bell. Uh, he he didn't look half bad. The Lions looked horrible, but Joyke Bell looked okay, I guess. Um, you going after Bell if, if you miss on all those other guys? Um, I mean, he hurts you because he's on the bye this week, but I mean, we've talked about Amir Abdullah before and, and you know, his fumble issues. Joey I mean, Bell like going in. He's not getting done anyway. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. He's just, he's, he's fumbling, so you got that on top of lacking production. Um, Bell was the guy, you know, he was the hot name going into fantasy last year, um, even though they had Reggie Bush in the wings still. And I, I still think he outplayed Bush for sure. So, you know, it'll be interesting. Something's got to give in, in Detroit, though. I mean, here again, put your guys on the field, see what they can do. You've seen what Abdullah can or can't do. Um, so I think I think Bell deserves a shot to to take over the starting role again. Yeah, I mean, honestly, why not? I mean, he, like I said, he looked pretty good this past week um, in limited work because they got blown out so bad. Um, but some receivers, you know, we, we talked about Stevie Johnson, Malcolm Floyd, if those guys are out there. Um, Stevie Johnson's probably not out there in most leagues. Um, but just in case, wanted to mention him anyway. Kamar Aiken, obviously going to be the number one. Some guys that we didn't mention before. Tavon Austin's looking pretty good. He's owned in about 40-ish percent of leagues. Um, so he's actually been pretty decent for a pretty mediocre Rams offense after Gurley. But Tavon Austin needs to be getting the job done. And Nate Washington, I mean, we kind of joked about him last week, but, God, he had another <laughs> good game. I, you know, if Cecil Shorts misses time, the passing offense for Houston isn't bad with Hoyer back there. So, uh, if Nate Washington is going to keep keep putting up touchdowns like this, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't pick him up. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of the running joke last week that I didn't really seem to get. But, um I, well, because Nate Washington, he typically sucks. But exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I I think he's worth he's worth a shot at this point. I mean, especially in a PPR league, if you're looking to to get some of those, you know, extra points for for that catches and everything like that, he seems to be getting some decent amount of targets. So might as well. Yeah, and to kind of just finish off the waiver wires here real quick, and then we'll we'll, we'll run through the the, uh, the best and worst fantasy games in our sleeves and busts real quick because I know we're we're kind of hitting the time here. Um, you've got to pick up Ben Watson at this point. Obviously, Breeze loves him now and has turned him into the Jimmy Graham of that offense, and their offense has clicked big time since he started throwing to Ben Watson more. You've got to pick up Ben Watson if you need a tight end. Um, we mentioned Vernon Davis. Um, you know, if, if you're struggling at tight end and you, you can't get Ben Watson, I, I guess take a flyer on, on Davis, see what happens. As you said, Peyton Manning does like his tight ends, and Vernon Davis is far better than 
the ones he has there right now, you know, in Daniels and and uh I don't even know who who's the other guy? Um Virgil Green. Uh, Is that right? I don't even know. Obviously it doesn't matter. Uh, so uh, he got a couple catches. I'm 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 looking it up now because it's gonna bother me if I don't figure it out. Uh, Virgil Green, yeah, yeah. All right, all right cool. So I wasn't so, talking on my ass there, but okay. Um, and then you know you, you wrote down here Jordan Reed. The fact that he's only owned in about fifty percent of leagues. Um, this guy needs to be picked up. He is clearly a top. Five, six, tight end, win healthy. I mean, that's that's clearly the problem is win healthy for him. You know, he's got a lot of concussion issues, so it's just a matter of time before he gets another one. And the more you get, the more you get. Um, that's just kind of how it works with the concussions. It's that good, but you know, that's. But when he's when he's on the field, uh, he's he's somebody that I would absolutely start. Um. So yeah, so let's let's go let's go here through our best and worst fantasy games and our and our sleeper picks at quarterback, running back, receiver, and then the bus for the same thing. Um, we'll do you the honors and let you go first here. All right. So game wise, uh, I'm looking at. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a toss up for me for for best game, but I like the Green Bay Carolina game. You know, you saw. Last night, Carolina had a home game against Indy, and they came back and made a really good game out of it, went into overtime. Green Bay is reeling after their, you know, destructible loss against uh, a suddenly, you know, peppy Denver team. Um, So Denver remains undefeated. Green Bay comes into this with that being their lone loss against another undefeated team. I think it's going to be a, a solid game uh, points-wise. Uh, my worst fantasy game, I think, is next Monday night's game. You know, two very down teams. Um, you know, looking in the beginning of the season, you probably thought this would be a good game between Chicago and San Diego, but um, I just don't I don't like this game. I just think that it's going to be, you know, Forte's out, Keenan Allen's out. Um, it, you know the bigger stars aren't necessarily there. Depends on Vernon Davis or not Vernon Davis. Sorry, Antonio Gates is healthy enough to play. So yeah, that game just doesn't excite me at all. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so my my best game, and I mentioned it before, is going to be that Tennessee New Orleans game. I you know I, I've already said it once. The the New Orleans Saints offense has clicked big time, and they look a whole lot better than they did just a few weeks ago. Um, and Tennessee's getting Mariota back, the new coach. You know, you always, you, you, not always, but you know, you'd like to see teams with a new coach kind of, kind of playing because they know their their jobs are more on the line than than they usually are because um, everybody's kind of being super evaluated because you know things are just going to be in upheaval at the off season now at this point. Uh, so I kind of like that game to be pretty high scoring. My worst fantasy game, I'm kind of going right back to the well I did last week with uh, the St. Louis game. Um, 
just kind of see it being a low-scoring game. I mean, the St. Louis Rams is not a good offense. They got Gurley and I guess Tavon Austin, and then that's kind of it. And Minnesota's been struggling. Um, Diggs, you know, they've been better since since Diggs showed up, but it's still not a great offense. And the Rams' defense is legit. Um, so I kind of see that one being a pretty low-scoring game there. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a bad pick. Um, so sleeper-wise, I'll just rip through all three of these guys here. Uh, a couple of different ones for my for my quarterback, uh, but I'm going to settle on uh, James Winston. Um, you know, he's had a couple of, you know, back-to-back solid games, and, you know, here he is going up uh, against what, you know, he's not Drew Brees, but he's going up against, you know, the Giants, who just gave up a ton of points to Drew Brees. So if, if Winston can kind of maintain what he's done the past couple of weeks, maybe a little bit better, I like I like what he could do. Um, running back, I'm looking at a guy who has been on your bust list a couple of times this year, uh, Jeremy Hill, uh, playing against Cleveland here in the uh, in the Thursday night game, and, and you know, in every other away game or I'm sorry, in every other game starting with week one, uh, Cleveland's given up at least one rushing touchdown. And in three of their four away games, they've also allowed at least one touchdown. Um, The only team that didn't score as the away team, or I'm sorry, as the home team against Cleveland was San Diego. And we've already talked about their, uh, their rushing game. Um, But sticking with that, uh, Tampa Bay and New York Giants game. My my sleeper receiver here. I don't know if he's really much of a sleeper, but I'm looking at Mike Evans. Um, he's going to be the go-to guy. I, he had a, a great week a couple of weeks ago. Uh, okay week this past week, but nothing too spectacular. I think he picks it back up, and, and he's got to be the guy that Winston goes to. Uh, maybe Safarian Jenkins gets gets some targets too, but everyone else on that team is injured. So I like Evans a lot. Yeah, and I'm not bad choices. I do like Hill this week against that Cleveland run defense, which is pretty pathetic. Um, but my, my sleepers, and I think you're going to agree with me here, Ryan Tannehill, um, you know, kind of struggled last week against New England, but you kind of, I don't know. I think everybody kind of saw that one coming. Um, but I think Tannehill has got a pretty good matchup here against Buffalo's secondary, which hasn't been all that great this year. Um, my running back, Danny Woodhead, the Bears are actually okay against the run, but but Woodhead I think is going to see a, a lot of a lot of extra work uh, coming out of the backfield there without Keenan Allen. And I know you said you don't like that matchup, but I kind of I kind of think that uh, or not that matchup, that game in general. But I kind of think it could still be pretty high scoring. You know, neither the defense is really any good. Um, yeah. But you know, Danny, Danny Woodhead's the the clear running back in, for that team. And you know, even if he do, even if he only gets you know six rushes or seven rushes for thirty yards, he's still going to probably catch eight passes for another seventy. 
and maybe a touchdown. So, you know, there, there's your game right there. You know, even if you're not at PPR, that's a pretty good game. Um, yeah. And I'm going to kind of stick with San Diego here for my receiver and go with Stevie Johnson. So I guess I, guess I kind of like the San Diego uh, offense here. And, you know, the, the Bears have one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. Um, that's That's obvious to everybody. I think everybody knows that. And Stevie Johnson, somebody's got to step up and take some more of those targets to Keenan Allen. And I think it's going to be Stevie Johnson, kind of like what Kevin was saying. I agree with him there. And, you know, Malcolm Floyd is a number two receiver at best. I I think Stevie Johnson has the skills to at least be three quarters of what Keenan Allen was. And I think, I think he could be in for a pretty big game. Yeah, I, I like I like both of those guys, like I said earlier, and I, I think they'll both fill in pretty well for Allen. But Stevie Johnson definitely is the uh, the, the better of the two. Um, but, yeah, move on to busts here. So, uh, you know, my, my quarterback bust guy who talked about a little bit earlier, uh, Derek Carr. Um, you know, he had a, a huge game against the Jets, but I think he's definitely going to come back down to earth a bit this week. Um, I just I just don't see him putting up the same numbers this week. Uh, my running back kind of uh, tie for me for just the the mediocrity of the you know ultimate running back by committee teams here with. Cleveland, San Francisco with their rash of injuries and backups playing, and then the New York Giants four-headed monster or three-and-a-half-headed monster, depending on what uh, what's going to happen with uh, Darkwa or what's his name? Yeah, Darkwa. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Cleveland, I mean, they, they're going up against a tough Cincy team. Um, since he's only given up two rushing touchdowns uh, to the position this year. And uh, I just don't see them, you know, they're playing at home too. So I think since he's got that, that game wrapped up, but I just don't see them doing much. Um, and then my uh, my receiver bust is, again, a, a core of receivers. And I'm, I'm going to go with Buffalo here. I mean, you saw what, what New England did to, to Miami and with their receiving uh, last Thursday, and they put up some, some solid numbers against them. But, you know, Tyrod's coming back from his injury and, and, you know, the week off. So hopefully he'll be well-rested. And, you know, Robert Woods is okay, but, um, you know, Sammy Watkins and Percy Harvin are, are like supposed to be the go-to guys there, and they're both injured. Um, so you're looking at, at Woods and, and Chris Hogan as your your go-to guys. It's not very appealing yeah, I'm, to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a lot of rushing yards from Tyrod in the league. I own him. I'm yeah. going to probably be forced to start him. Um, so, yeah, I can agree with you there on the Buffalo wide receivers that I don't think a lot of them are, are going to be pretty good. Um Run through my bus real quick. I'm going to go with A.A. Rod, man. Like, Aaron Rodgers has not looked all that great. I think this team's just kind of banged up all around. Cobb being injured definitely hurts. Um, 
is Ty Montgomery, he's still hurt, right? I get Ty Montgomery and Janice. So. No, no, Devontae Adams. Sorry, Devontae Adams is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, he, he has been playing. Um, obviously, Ty Montgomery and Jeff Janis really aren't going to get the job done. Um, James Jones has been been good. He's been a touchdown target. But without Cobb there, they obviously, you know, we all know they lost Nelson early on. Arod came out playing really well to start the year. Um, but since week three, I believe, he hasn't scored more than 19 fantasy points. And this past week, he looked awful. And he's got another really tough matchup this week against Carolina. And we saw what they just did to Andrew Luck for, well, at least three quarters um, until Andrew Luck decided that he wanted to play football again. Um, but, you know, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to have as bad as a game as he did this past week against Denver because Denver's defense is just on a whole other level than everybody else right now. But Carolina's pretty damn good. And if I forget the guy's name on the outside for for Carolina. They're covering their number one. But if that guy can shut down Randall Cobb, I mean, you're going to throw all game to James Jones and Ty Montgomery. Uh, you're going to not have a great game. Um, yeah. Darren McFadden is my bust running back. I know everybody's really excited about Darren McFadden, you know, running behind that Cowboys offensive line and you know, he looked okay against Seattle. But and and then of course everybody looks at this week and says, Oh, Philly, their defense isn't any good. Actually the run defense ain't bad. It's fourth best against opposing running backs in his fantasy leagues right now. So careful with Darren McFadden this week. If you've got other options, which you probably don't at this point, <laughs> uh, then I would go elsewhere if I could, but um, yeah, I think he'll yes. be okay. I'm just not expecting a, a huge game from McFadden like I think a lot of people are. And I'm going to go back to something we talked about earlier for my bus for running wide receivers, and I'm going to say the Jet. Um, you know, they're, they're just the – quarter, the whole quarterback situation is now in flux. We don't even know what's going to happen. You know, oh, my God, worst-case scenario, it could actually not be either Fitzpatrick or Geno Smith, and they've got to – pull in some random guy off the street or start um, Bryce Petty. I mean, who, who knows? Um, it, it just doesn't look good. You know, Jacksonville looks like a good matchup on, on paper, but you know, they, and, and it is like, it is, it is a good matchup on, on paper, but without, without a quarterback to really throw you the ball, it, not going to matter for either of these receivers and especially if Marshall's out I mean Decker's already got a knee issue you know to to rely on him to be your your main guy and then possibly your next best guy is Jeremy Curley this isn't a good situation for the Jets this week no I agree with that and just to touch back on your point about the Eagles running game or one running defense I'm sorry they've only allowed one rushing touchdown and that just came against Carolina. So uh, they, they've only, I believe that was also only their only a hundred yard game against. So yeah. Well, Washington I mean, team put up a hundred, but I don't think that one single guy did there. No. Well, that's, 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Washington and and Carolina both did. You're right. They, those are the only two. There's a couple other games where they were they were close to giving up over 100 at, against the team, but um, yeah, but still yeah, no touchdowns. Yeah, no. I mean that's that's what you that's what you need from your running back. So unless you know they get a rushing touchdown or I'm sorry, a receiving touchdown, you know you, you got to hope for that. But Eagles Eagles run D is finally legit. So. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles' D hasn't been bad this year. It's been their offense that's actually held them back, which is not something you probably would have expected. I mean, the passing offense, so the passing defense is not great, but been decent enough, I guess. But, you know, you, it's just, you got to, your all's offense needs to get, get in gear here. Yeah. Who knows what's going on there? I think, you know, we talked about it, Chip Kelly. I think just let a few too many guys go, and it's really kind of biting them in the ass now at this point. But Yeah, I, I definitely think it is. Yeah. But anyway, so that's the end of our show. Um, you know, we went a little long, but there was a whole lot to talk about this week. So I think it was kind of needed. A crazy, crazy week. You know, I think <laughs> – kind of joked about it in my Monday morning hangover article this week. There's more tricks than treats this week, this Sunday. <laughs> Halloween lasted one day too long for the NFL. Um, so, yeah. It, uh, man, I, I just hope for a much smoother week uh, this this Sunday. No more no more injuries, man. We could have an injury-free couple of weeks and we'd still be ahead of schedule for injuries here. So, Anyway, that's going to be it for us. Um, you know, check out so-called fantasy experts, fantasy6pack.net. You can follow me on Twitter at fantasy6pack. Um, I did catch AJ's Twitter name, but I will refrain from calling it out <laughs> until uh, until he changes it, which I'm going to bug him every single day until he does. But uh, if if you if you could go down my timeline, you might see it. So if you really want to know, uh, so yeah, that's that's it for us. And uh, good luck this week. And catch you all next Tuesday. All right. Have a good night. Uh.